the media outlets that exist, say, you know, like Time Inc. or, you know, Condé Nast, for example, they've been around for over 100 years. And they've spent so many years and so many millions building their brand, their cred, their authority. And in an instant, when you're featured there in an editorial piece, that is fully lent to you. That all of that credibility, all of those years, is lent to you in an instant. Because to a reader or to a, view, to a viewer, you are though, right? Or you are Esquire or you are the Huffington Post. So there's just so much that comes with it. And as, as you've come to experience, you know, you know, more business is naturally one of those things. And that's a very nice side effect. You're listening to Real Marketing Real Fast, the only podcast that brings you unfiltered, undaunted, insider information on the latest tools and technologies for online marketers. Prepare to dive deep into marketing myths, breakthrough models, and cutting-edge strategies that will have an immediate impact on the growth of your business. And now, here's your host, marketing expert, Doug Morneau. Well, welcome back, listeners, to another episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Today, we're going to talk to somebody who's gotten some of the best jobs in technology with up to a half a million dollars in income without a college degree. So she knows that you don't need one to succeed. She also writes for some of the best media outlets, which you'll recognize as I formally introduce her in the world. And she has no journalism or writing training. In fact, she has zero credentials besides her high school education. I'd like to introduce you to Susie Moore. She is a former Silicon Valley sales director turned life coach and advice columnist. Her work has been featured on the Today Show, Oprah, Business Insider, The Huffington Post, Forbes, Time Inc., Marie Claire, and she's treated as a resident life columnist for some of the greatest. Susie's work and insights have been shared by celebrities and thought leaders, including Adriana Huffington, Chris Jenner, and Sarah Blakely. Her first book, What If It Doesn't Work Out, was named by Entrepreneur as one of the eight business books every entrepreneur must read to dominate their industry. She lives in Miami with her husband, Heath, and their Yorkshire Terrier, Coconut. So I'd like to welcome Susie Moore to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast today. Well, good morning, Susie. Welcome to the Real Marketing Real Fast podcast. I'm super excited for you to share with our audience today. Oh, thank you, Doug. I'm very, very happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. So do you want to just share quickly what uh, you would say your superpower is and how you help your clients and help, you know, entrepreneurs and business people to be more successful in what they do? Yes, I would love to. I think that one thing that I am very passionate about doing is helping people kind of come out from the behind the scenes of their business, right? Sometimes it's very easy to even just think, you know, Instagram's enough, maybe, you know, YouTube is enough and to busy ourselves with all the back end stuff. But one thing that I really know that helps move any business forward is a real personal connection with the owner, right? With the CEO of that business. And one thing that I love to do is to help people become confident in really owning who they are and then confident in then showing, showing that and becoming far more visible as a leader. So what steps would someone take? Like, uh, you know, I agree with you lots of times. Um, it's very easy and very comfortable to, and I use the words for myself anyhow, to hide behind your computer mm-hmm. and, and, mm-hmm. And, and, and not have that forward facing conversation either with a live client or uh, reaching out and speaking to a reporter. So how do you um, start this process with, you know, entrepreneurs and business owners who have, you know, have not done that before? I think the first step is to 
kind of allow yourself to want it. I think that there's a couple of things that hold people back. First of all, we think, you know, oh, other people are doing what I'm doing. Maybe it's not that special. And often I think that sometimes we're waiting for something to happen, something to change, some magical sign, you know, some permission slip to, you know, land in our laps that then allows us to take action and move forward and become like, you know, truly the leader that we want to be. If you think about why people go into business in the first place, right, it's to make an impact, essentially. It'll be some form of saying, if you, if you interview any, any, any boss, any entrepreneur, any CEO, you know, they're going into business to make an impact and to make the biggest impact that you can, it's important to be visible. And you, you see this with a lot of great leaders that exist already, right? We, of course, know their companies, we know their products and services, but we want to see them. We want to hear from them. We want to know their story. We want to know their struggles. And this is, you know, what the media can do so well for us. Media, you know, it exists. It relies on us for stories. And when we, you know, understand and allow ourselves to, to think that the media can be an option for us, then we're actually doing a very generous thing by sharing our stories in a bigger way. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I mean, often I think people forget and they understand that the, you know, the media every day gets up with a problem. They have the, they have to produce content, whether it's mm -hmm. audio or TV or print. And, um, you know, as business owners, we, you know, we can help them solve their problem by presenting an opportunity to, for them to, you know, talk about what we're doing or a problem we're solving for people. Absolutely. I mean, so I have a, a live event that I run a couple of times a year and my most recent live event Two, one, two different editors said that they need to get 10 pieces of content live per day, per day. Yeah. <laughs> so whenever you're pitching yourself, sharing your advice, sharing yeah. your knowledge, sharing your story, you're doing, you know, an editor who needs content, who needs to fill airtime or space, get traffic. Uh, you're doing them a favor, right? As long as your, your content is interesting and it's useful. And it is in most cases, if you kind of have, you know, understand what makes, you know, what, what entices a reader or a viewer, then what you're doing is it's important and it's very, very helpful too. Well, and it's also, you know, taking into consideration how it's going to serve the serve the media. I mean, they're not interested in running an ad for my company per se, but mm -hmm. they are interested in a story that is good for their readers or their listeners. Exactly, so what which, you... is, which is the best ad in fact, Doug, right? It's like, it's, it's advertising without spending the money <laughs> and it's advertising in the most real human way. Well, I, my first experience when I can actually do a comparison, because I like to use analytics for the marketing and the stuff that we do with our clients was I had shared some information with a, um, with a news outlet and I said, hey, you know, I've got some kind of behind the scenes information on this market sector. And if you ever need information, you're just welcome to come to my office and help mm. yourself. And he phoned me up and he said, hey, I'd like to do a story on you. And the story ran in the same publication that I was actually running print ads. I had a very aggressive print ad campaign. And I started tracking the number of phone calls I got. And what was funny, not funny, was <laughs> all the calls were coming from the short piece of editorial, although I had a much larger ad that I had run in that publication <laughs> for like a year. So I'm going, okay, so, you know, there's PR at um, its finest and editorial content that made the phone ring. Um, <laughs> exactly. Whereas the, where the ads were less efficient. Uh, I, that doesn't surprise me at all. I've had this story a lot, you know, it's, you know, paid media is great. I run that too. But whenever I put out a piece of content that I've created where I'm controlling the narrative and the messaging, I consider it a big fat ad for me because essentially I'm talking about something that I know about. I'm, you know, asserting myself as a subject matter expert, a thought leader. I mean, I love that term, but if you're creating content and putting it out there on a large outlet, then that's what you just naturally become. 
And when you think about it, Doug, like there, the media outlets that exist, say, you know, like Time Inc. or, you know, Condé Nast, for example, they've been around for over 100 years. And they've spent so many years and so many millions building their brand, their cred, their authority. And in an instant, when you're featured there in an editorial piece, that is fully lent to you. But all of that credibility, all of those years, it's lent to you in an instant. Because to a reader or to a, view, to a viewer, you are... Though, right? Or you are Esquire, or you are the Huffington Post. So there's just so much that comes with it. And as, as you've come to experience, you know, you know, more business is naturally one of those things. And that's a very nice side effect. Well, and I think what I've often found people say, well, I don't know how to pitch. And I think lots of times, at least from my personal experience, it's been just really paying attention to what's on in the news, mm-hmm. um, whether regardless of where you get your news, just paying attention and going, you know what, I have, you know, I can answer that question or I can contribute to to that reporter's commentary and it's reaching out and, and you know, you don't get the hate mail back. I mean, it's not like you're cold calling people that want to hear from you. They get pitched all the time. So they're used to getting pitched all the time and, and it's just part of their business and that's what they need. That's true. And it's just somebody who says rely on pitches. Like without pitches, I mean, what, what would they be doing? I mean, so much of what they do <laughs> is inbound, you know, it's kind of responding to the inbound. Yeah. And look, publicists can play a role in that certainly. But what I know after working with editors and producers for years now is that they love hearing from the talent directly, which is you, you know, yeah. and when you can share a story, when you can just reach out in a human way and be useful. I mean, so for example, you think about what's going on in the news at the moment. I just, I noticed somebody in my group is pitching this, which is fantastic. This, there's quite a lot of commentary around uh, Meghan Markle and Harry and, you know, having a baby and then bullying in the media. And we have a bullying expert in our group. And like, now is the time, like yeah. to reference that and to speak about that. So like you said, Doug, just paying attention, like my content is completely evergreen. But if there's a news peg I can, you know, tack onto. In fact, so this is a funny story. I was pitching Marie Claire for a long time, pitching them, pitching them, pitching them, because I love that magazine. It was like a dream for me to be, you know, in Marie Claire. It was like growing up, one of my favorite And I wasn't getting anywhere because I was just pitching evergreen content. And then one time, I think they were just so tired of my pitches. The editor said to me, you know what? This piece can work. We have to, let's run it. She CC'd another editor and she said, let's run it the day after Kim and Kanye's wedding. So my piece was about how to have a wedding on a budget, right? How to have a a romantic wedding on a budget. (laughs) And and look, that's an evergreen topic, right? People get married all the time. People budget all the time but she was like let's run it straight off like and and so that the piece was hot off the heels one of the most you know elaborate weddings in history here's how you can keep yours you know here's how you can keep your wedding costs down and interestingly uh, my very first live tv interview was because I'd written about divorce a few times because I was divorced in my early 20s and it was when Chris Martin and Gwyneth Paltrow consciously uncoupled my old pieces around divorce were dug up because producers and editors are just like us right they're googling around for experts looking for content and they wanted me to have a point of view on it and all I did as a human was get divorced (laughs) and write about it it's not like I'm a divorce lawyer or I'm a divorce counselor or even a divorce coach I just went through an experience shared it and therefore because you know because my voice was heard then then this is how you get discovered to, you know, offer your voice and your point of view on on what's going on, you know, not just today, but in the future too. 
Yeah, that totally makes sense. I mean, and I, I agree with you. My experience has also been that uh, most often the media would rather hear from the entrepreneur, the small business person themselves mm -hmm. than to be pitched by a PR company. And not all the PR companies out there do a great job. I get lots of pitches for my podcast. Mm. And um, some of them, you know, I was just speaking to a fellow podcaster the other day and I said to her, you know, I really feel like I should write back to the person that hired the PR company to tell them what a bad job they're doing. They're pitching mm. me for, you know, topics that don't make any sense. The pitches are bad. And you know that somebody someplace is paying money to make that happen. And they're just not getting the result because they're not paying attention. I'm so happy you said that, Doug. Look, I get pitched too because I have columns in you know, various, you know, various um, media outlets. And I've had two different publicists pitch me, two of my closest friends. <laughs> like, oh, and, and sending me their full bio. I'm like, we were just in Mexico together. Like, no research, you know? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> and the thing is, this can't happen when you're your own publicist. And, yeah. you know, when you're doing it yourself, you obviously know who you are and you can easily do some homework on the right type of media outlets for you. But I actually, I tell my friends lovingly, I'm like, look, you know, publicists, they're often overworked. They have a lot of clients. They just have to push out. They, well, they don't have to, but they, you know, with the time that they have, they often just decide to pump out a lot of emails blank style. And I'll forward it, I'll say, you know, just so you know, my dear, like your publicist pitched me here. Yeah. You know, and, I, and I think that that's fine, you know, because they can then have an honest conversation because you're right, they are paying for it. And publicists are very expensive. This is why I want to democratize PR by helping people do it themselves, because not only are they more likely to be successful, but also it's not something that's so mystical. You know, it's not like this, this really impossible mystical thing to learn. It's available to all of us. Yeah, absolutely. I, you know, after becoming a client of yours and, and purchasing your five minutes to famous course, mm -hmm. you'd brought up Haro and, you know, I had looked at that years ago and I thought, you know, I'm just going to try it. And just like anything else, it's about analytics. Let's follow the advice that you're giving and let's go through that. Mm -hmm. And I was really surprised at the hit ratio mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, how many, how many I responded to. So it was obviously selective to make sure that I could, you know, fulfill what they were looking for. Mm -hmm. But I would, I would guess that we probably got over 30% turned into an article. I mean, that's incredible, right? <laughs> like it, it's incredible. Yeah. And not only do you, of course, you know, get your piece featured, but then you have an editor, you have a contact, you have like an acquaintance yeah. who will then, if, the, if they work with you, often my editors come to me and they're like, do you have a point of view on this? And I either do it, I do or I don't, if it makes sense for me to, you know, to like participate, but often they'll come to me and they'll, they'll even go to my blog saying, can I put this on, like, can I put this on Business Insider or can I put this, you know, wherever it may be? because I'm like a trusted source. And that is an awesome place to be. It means you have a lot more control than if somebody else is managing it for you. And it means that you can often, you can also uh, determine how often you pitch. You can completely control all the messaging. You include the links that make sense for you. So doing this yourself, I mean, no matter what, I know some people who have some very successful businesses, you know, huge teams, huge ad budgets, but they still keep their media contacts very close. And they, for example, Tony Robbins, when he goes to New York, he goes to the business inside offices personally, right? And yep. he goes, he, he gives like a, you know, he'll do a quick coaching session with some, some executives there because he knows the value of media. You know, people who are often very successful do. And it, like I said, this isn't just for the, you know, the people who are super well-known. It's for people like us to help us, you know, just regular people to help us get more well-known. 
Well, and I mean, it helps with your SEO. And the other uh -huh. thing, I, I, I saw saw somebody the other day asking for help, and I can't remember which uh, blog it was on. They were asking for help with reputation management. Mm. And they're saying, what should I be doing for reputation management? Wow. <laughs> dig the well before you <laughs> dig the well before you need the water. Uh, yeah. uh, don't, don't show up when you've got nothing published and you've got nothing from a third-party credible source that's saying that, you know, you're a smart person. Don't, don't wait till something bad happens. Right. In fact, somebody said to me recently, Doug, she's like, oh, yes, my book's coming out in December. Do you think it's too soon because she was she asked me should I come to your live event which is in October and she's like my book's coming out in December is that too soon and I'm like girl you don't want to be like here's my book you don't know me yet but here's the book right you want yeah. the, the longer the runway like the longer you can prepare and kind of you know build some relationships do some great work do some great pitching and then editors will be they understand what goes into a book uh, you know a book launch they respect authors and they want to help in fact you know I have my second book coming out next year and I know that my editors will time it time my pieces for my launch week because that's I mean that, that's how they work together it's definitely a give take generous relationship yeah it comes back to relationships so there's just really no shortcut to building a good relationship with somebody and, and you know, adding value to their life. And there's a fit, there's a fit, and you guys can work together. I completely agree. And I think that sometimes we overlook this. We look, we just, be, we can be very myopic, you know, in terms of what do I need to do this week to make money in my business, right? Whereas, <laughs> whereas if you... Well, that's long-term. <laughs> Normally, it's like, what can I do today to have a paycheck tonight? <laughs> I know. Well, a whole week. Yeah. But, you yeah. know, often, yeah, a whole week. <laughs> but I, I just, I find that, you know, the best stuff comes from, I mean, this might sound like a little sentimental, but just like being a good person, right? Like showing up, being consistent, being <laughs> yeah. reliable, like being someone who's generous by sharing information. And I think that when you do that, like the long term does kind of take care of itself, but also, you know, the, the, things, that you, the things that you focus on in your business are very leveraged and you're not in this constant scrambling mode. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to go into a topic that we're never supposed to discuss, and that's politics. But we, we just had an ele election in Canada. And, you know, the politicians okay. generally are, are the worst uh, at building relationships. So it's like, okay, I'm going to hear from you every four years. And why every four years? Because there's an election every four years, and you want me to donate money, or you want me to volunteer. Now, what are you going to do for those other, you know, three and a half years? Nothing. Mm -hmm. So that's not really a relationship. That's just a list that you blast when you want something mm -hmm. and you don't add any value, have any discussion, build any relationships any deeper than that. It's true. In fact, my friend has a joke. She's like, you, you don't want to be like the drunk uncle that shows up asking for money once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, you, you want to be like a consistent family member. Yeah. <laughs> always ask, always asking for money. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, baby, I haven't seen each other in 10 years. Can I have some money? You know? yeah. So yeah, it's true. Like, I think just being consistent and like showing up. I think that, I mean, it sounds like overly simple, but I think the best and most successful things in life are simple. Well, that doesn't sound like a new hack or a new app. It just mm -hmm. sounds pretty simple. <laughs> Precisely. I mean, but I think that sometimes when it comes to like solving problems, I mean, I also have a belief that any problem in business is actually just an emotional problem. You know, so often it's it, we, it's so easy to convolute stuff and make things appear complicated, but really it's like, in fact, I had this conversation with somebody recently because I said, you know, how, how are you monetizing your media leads? Because that's something very important, in my opinion. And she was like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, just measure it. Like, go go through, like, the last two months in your business, see where the money's come from, yep. 
and see, you know, simple, right? Like yeah. see, what, see where the money's come from, see what's worth your time, see what isn't. Again, it sounds like, oh, that's very simple, but most, it's easy not to, the things that are easy to do are also very easy not to do. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> right? And so I think that, you know, some of these just general simple principles, if we apply them, uh, we can just allow a lot more success in without so much more hustle. Absolutely. You're right. I mean, you don't need to have big fancy computer programs. It could be an Excel sheet. <laughs> yeah. It could be a Google Doc. It could be a piece of paper saying, hey, I had, you know, 15 leads come in this week. Where did they come from? Exactly. Yeah. And she, this this uh, woman has a, like a high-end coaching program where she has, you know, 35-ish women. I'm like, okay, great. How many came from media? Five, 10, 15. Where do the others come from? Okay, wherever people are coming from, double down on those, you know, yep. like that's it. Yeah. And, and where do the best people come from? Yeah, precisely. Who are, you know, like the, the easy to work with people who just, <laughs> who are a joy, right? Who you want to show up for. Yeah. I tell people I'm not lazy. I just want people that pay me well and that are fun to work with that get me. I don't want to have to arm wrestle them every time I make a recommendation. So, you know. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's, do you know what? It's so interesting. Like Michael Hyatt has this great model where he's like the, the dream client, like, you know, higher end, no stress versus like lower end, high stress and how you can <laughs> yeah. kind of get like a, a mix. But there are plenty of great high end clients out yeah. there who want to work with you, who, who show up on time, you know, they do the work. I always say to everybody, like your success is my success if I work with you. Yeah. Like I, I always say, you know, it's so cool for me when I see my students in media, that's my dream to be in. I'm like, you know, I mean, that is like the coolest thing, isn't it, Doug? You yeah, know? that's pretty exciting. Like, yeah. I'm like, wow, but I, I, I've been quoted in Cosmo as an expert, but I haven't contributed for them. And one of our students recently was a contributor there. And I was like, go Rebecca, you know, like, yeah, yeah. I feel like it's a huge win for me. So is there a, a client that you want to give a shout out to an example of somebody who, you know, mm -hmm. um, that you, you transition through this, Hey, I need to, you know, I want to do this, but I don't know how to make it happen. Yeah, I'm just thinking there are so many. Oh, I, I'm going to give a juicy one. There's one person in our group and look, we tend to attract a lot of coaches, a lot of bloggers, but he's a golf expert. Yeah. And I certainly know nothing about this golf niche. I don't know the golf lexicon. I don't know any of the references, but he you know, came to the program, understood that this is all available, right? It's not like there's a glass, you know, tower that you have to climb and some fancy people you need to know. And then he pitched a couple of regional and then a, a national golf magazine, print and online. And he got two out of the three pitches. He had a yes within one day. Wow. I know. And he was like, I can't believe like his testimonial for us was, you know, I can't believe that they want to hear from little old me. And I'm like, well, that's the thing. It's not little old you. It's expert you and media needs experts. Yep. So it's just like letting it happen. Now, in terms of value, I mean, uh, what, what sort of retail value, if I was, uh, you know, if I was to buy that media, would I have to spend to get that coverage? Oh, Doug, I love that question. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot, right? I mean, yeah. if, you, if you work with a publicist, typically they start at a minimum 10K per month retainer, minimum six months. Right. So like it's, it's a 60K investment and there are no guarantees. And I understand that because nothing can be guaranteed in this world. But when you think about it, I was reading, I mean, not to speak about politics again, but I was reading <laughs> about a politician we all know who just like kind of gave me the media had 200 million worth of advertising free. Yeah. by coming out with some shock statements. <laughs> yes. So it's, I mean, it's hard to put uh, like money on it, but if you think about it, how much does it take out a third of a page ad in a magazine, in a national magazine? Sure. Yeah, you go look right. at one of the big magazines and you're going to spend, you know, 25, 30, 40, 50,000, maybe $100,000 to get a page. 
Exactly. And one of my pieces that I love to share and talk about, because I always talk about, you know, it's good to have a bold perspective. And one of the pieces that I wrote was for Business Insider, who have a huge audience. And it was about, you know, why working in 5 buying a home and putting money in a 401k won't make you rich. And which is very, you know, contrarian to the American, you know, way of doing things. And it had nearly 2 million views. I mean, what's what's a 2 million... Two million views based on a, like a CPM for a business audience, like that's a lot, you know. Yeah, that's and then ridiculous. it linked to my book. It naturally sold a lot of books. So I mean, and and all I and actually it was actually an excerpt from the book. So well, I think the other thing that. you said is that you know you were being authentic, so you had a contrarian view. So if you think of guys like Gary Vaynerchuk, I mean, and he's built this amazing big brand by posting content, and he just tells people what he thinks, and if you don't like it, just you know just go away, don't listen to him. Exactly. And he gets a lot of free media coverage too, because he's, he's confident being, you know, unique and having this, this, this bold perspective. And this bold perspective, I mean, it doesn't have to be anything crazy, right? You don't have to be like really wildly out there. You can write a piece, you know, I wake up at 9am and it, that's what makes me rich. Yep. You know, versus like, I wake up at 4.30 and I meditate for two hours and, you know, like I just read today that Jennifer Aniston wakes up at 9am and I was like, that's actually a piece. Like, you know, I mean, why not be a late riser? Again, everyone thinks, oh, early bird catches the worm, got to be. A... What, what if that's not true? Of course, it's not true. It's just, you know, no one's maybe spoken about this side of it before. Yeah, I mean, that was the whole Tim Ferriss book, The 4-Hour Workweek. People said you can't do that. So, well, okay, fine. You probably can't work four hours a week, but you certainly don't need to work 60, 70, 80 hours a week. What's wrong with working two days a week and taking, you know, and taking five days off? Exactly. And I actually read a piece too recently, Doug, this, uh, this woman coach came out saying anyone who works more than 40 hours a week isn't, is completely sloppy. <laughs> like they're just, they're lazy, they're inefficient. They're not efficient, they're, yeah. Yeah. They're thinking yeah. too much. Like it's, it's nonsense. And it, I mean, that's pretty bold because people pride themselves on their 70 hour work. You know, yeah, like, yeah. It's a badge yeah. of honor. Look, look at me. I never see my family, and I'm, I'm, I'm just waiting for a heart attack. I know. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, good, good for you. <laughs> I know. So it's like, but then I think there's, you know, there's a space for everything. Ariana Huffington says that you know we spend our lives, you know, working on our resume, where we should also be thinking about our eulogies. And I just really, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I really like that, you know, because it's yeah. not just like, oh, promotion, this, that, you know, awards. It's like, you know, well, what are people going to say about you? And I just think that there's, I mean, whatever your point of view is, it, again, it doesn't have to be something really scary to put out there. But, you know, what if, you, you know, you have a, a different point of view on how some people think, you know, maybe there's a, a child rearing method that you don't agree with, right? Or yep. maybe there's some, maybe there's a popular diet that you don't agree with. Maybe there's, I, there was another piece that I read recently, which I thought was really interesting. This guy gave up alcohol for three or four years. He's like, I'm excited to go back. And it's like, typically the the wisdom would be, oh, don't, you know, stay where you are. And he's like, no, I, I didn't give up because of addiction. I just gave up out of curiosity and I'm really happy to be drinking again. So again, I mean, there are so many different points of view and whatever your different point of view is, that's what makes you unique. And sharing it is not only fun, but you find the right people who are like you and they want more from you. Well, and I think it makes, like you said, it, it makes the um, relationship, if you've got a relationship with a reporter, it, it makes it mm-hmm. a little bit more authentic and you can go deeper and get past just maybe the one piece. Mm-hmm. In the in the media buying side, I, uh, I often will hire writers to write long form direct copy. And mm-hmm. what I found was I had one writer that would write kind of um, generally accepted content. So he wouldn't ruffle any feathers. And I had somebody else who wrote kind of a contrarian review and I bought exactly the same media mm. for these guys. And we ran two campaigns side by side and the contrarian guy crushed it. 
yeah. because our our feedback was that people either loved him or hated him. The people who loved him really loved him. And the other guy, nobody really cared about. He was just gray and he blended in. Mm. So that was an experience from us in terms of writing. That was for paid stuff and, and got a better response. It wasn't crazy stuff. It was just, you know, more focused, not afraid to say, this is what I believe. Yeah. You know, you might offend somebody. Well, so what? So what? Exactly. I mean, you can you can live your life worrying about that, or you can do your work, right? And the right people will find you. I think it's a great yeah. shortcut to getting the noise out of your life. You know, yeah, like, absolutely. So, for example, when I've when I've written about divorce, essentially my mess my message is always optimistic. But I mean, not to again to make this overly simple, but like after divorce, like there's life, it's okay, like you can survive. And I have a, a positive take on it. I had a lot of hate for that, Doug. It was like people don't respect marriage. You know, Jesus doesn't like this. And I'm like, look, respectfully, I have my beliefs, <laughs> and I, I I don't agree. You know, <laughs> and that and that's uh, that's okay. And I probably yeah. the people who are very very traditional, they're just not my people. And that, yeah, absolutely. And that's yeah. good to know. I don't want those people on my list, my followers. You know, like that. They can f- follow somebody else who's going to make sense for them. And we're all allowed to do this in this world, right? We're all allowed to, <laughs> yeah. to, to find the people who make sense for us and to know that some people aren't our people and to just like love them anyway. And, but just like not have them in your like immediate sphere. That's, yeah. I mean, I think that that's cool. And if I don't like your content, I can unfollow you on Twitter and I can unsubscribe from your email list. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I changed the way I wrote my email list after interviewing um, a content writer last year mm-hmm. just to go less less business and more personal. Mm. And um, some people unsubscribed and I did a podcast about it. I went, this is great news. Yeah. It, helped, it helps my deliverability metrics because it shows I have a more responsive audience. So if you don't like my stuff, Feel free, just unsubscribe, no hard feelings. Yeah. Um, just get off my list and go find a list uh, that's providing content that you like. Yeah, I say that. My unsubscribe box, I mean, it's like, oh, you know, I say <laughs> something like, oh, no, please don't go or something like that. And then I say, you know, don't worry, you can always come back. I mean, yep. love, right? Like, that's <laughs> yeah, it. I think yeah. there's a meme. <laughs> I have like a funny Adele meme or something. But it's like, yeah, that's the thing. You know, you just have to worry about the people who going to need you and like want your stuff. And when it comes to focus, that's also another good point that you made because often the kind of general high level stuff, often when people um, uh, join my course for the first time, their ideas initially can be a little bit more broad, right? Like five ways to be happier or, you know, five ways to find love. And so it's, you know, I consider it my job to help them really tighten that up. So instead of saying, you know, five ways to find love, you want to be more specific to find those people, right? So maybe five ways to find love after 40 or five ways to find love after moving city yep. or five ways to find love as a Christian, like, or whatever it may be. Yeah. Because however more specific you are, you'll just get the, the, the right people will just flock to you. Or the number one um, thing to lose in order to have everything you want. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> yes. Or then why you're not getting a second date, the biggest mistake you're making. You know, I mean, yeah. there are so many fun yeah. ways to slice yeah. ideas. Why your Saturday nights at home suck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think I wrote that one. <laughs> yeah, I think I think you wrote both. You think you wrote both of those? Oh my god! Well, there you go. I can't even remember yeah. all my content now. <laughs> yeah, my Saturday nights at home suck, and that was a piece of that FOMO, <laughs> right? I love how you've been through the archives. How cool! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the thing I see the most FOMO I see in my place now is my my grandson, my youngest grandson, who's just just turned one, and uh, you know. He, he doesn't want to miss anything in the house. If there's a noise, he doesn't, doesn't matter what he's doing. He needs a look. It's like, yeah, FOMO, don't want to miss out. Oh, so. so sweet. <laughs> 
So to steal a Tim Ferriss question, as soon as I brought him up, mm -hmm. uh, one of the questions he had asked in one of his books was, what's the bad advice that you hear? So you're out, mm. you know, you're doing lots of social stuff, I'm assuming, based on the business that you're in. Yes. And so you overhear a conversation. What's the one thing that you just go, man, I wish I could just go over there and slap them for that? <laughs> I, okay, let me think. Some bad business advice. I mean, there's a lot, isn't there out there? Because you're, cause you're saying that, you know, this isn't difficult. I mean, there's a process to follow. You don't need to be an expert. There's no yeah. special ladder. You don't need to have all the contacts. There's mm. a very simple plan that as a business owner that you can, if you want to yeah. give yourself permission to, you can do this. I think that a piece of bad advice that gets thrown around a lot because it's also just conventional wisdom now is that you really have to work very, very hard if you're going to be successful. Like it's a grind, you know, you know, your eyes will bleed at night because you can't sleep. Like, <laughs> you know, it's, it's kind of like this, you know, someone shouting at you, like hustle, hustle, hustle. Like, yeah. I think that that is bad advice. It's not true. And kind of agreeing with the coach that I mentioned a bit, you know, a little bit earlier that, I mean, so much of that is just based around like nonsense. I, I saw it in my corporate job so much when I would always leave on time and I've always hit my sales goals and people were at the office late. They were just wasting their time. I don't know what they were doing, you know, but I just think that this kind of, you know, you got to work hard, like just got to like stay in the game and like sweat, sweat, sweat. I think that's terrible advice. And what's the bad advice around PR? So for, you know, for the people that are listening to the podcast yeah. and thinking, hey, that all sounds really good. It sounds good for you. You're very articulate. You've got experience doing this. I've never done it before. Mm -hmm. um, what sort of bad advice are they listening to that's causing them to have that doubt? Uh, I mean, again, there's so much. I think the, the bad advice, some bad advice is that you have to have formal qualifications to be recognized as an expert. Whereas the truth is, once you start creating content more and more and being out there, that is how you become an expert. Right. There you go. Yeah. And, you know, the other thing, the nice thing is, it's kind of like your testimony. Mm. I mean, it's yours and it's personal. Mm -hmm. So if, you know, if we're going to talk about, you know, science or something where the, it's debatable and, but when you're talking about your personal experience where you have expertise, whether like you said, it's golfing or divorce or mm -hmm. um, whatever it is, I mean, that's, that's your life experience. And it's really not up for people to say that's not true. Precisely. And look, there, there is a place for traditional experts. For example, this is an example that I give often. If there, if a woman experiences a miscarriage, very, very common, right? There is a place for medical professionals, right? You want a doctor to tell you what's happening with your body, what to expect, steps to take. But you want to hear from another woman, right? Who's been yeah. where you are. Like you want to hear sure. the personal story. Same if you've, you know, if you've got a lot of debt and you're in the process of getting out of debt, you, there is a place for financial experts who know all the facts. And then you also want to hear from somebody who was in debt and who got out of debt on a very human, on a human level, like speaking about like what they went through day to day, what they had to overcome emotionally. We are all humans, Doug, at the end of it all, right? There's a lot of information. Information is important and powerful, but at the end of it, we want to be understood and we want to feel less afraid. And we need people who are a little bit farther along than us to show us yeah, the way. Uh, yeah. Exactly. A little bit further along. And that's why I really appreciate your Facebook group because there's so much interaction and people are so just honest and out there. Here's where I am. This is what I'm struggling with. Mm -hmm. This is what I need to do, or this is what I've done. And it's an encouragement, even if they're not in the same industry that you're in, that you're just listening to people going, yeah, I, I struggle with that, or I have that doubt, or I, you know, I wasn't sure how to do this. And it's just, that's building, it's a community really. Yeah, absolutely. I think there's so much power in that, right? Again, we can all be in different fields. You might have your business for 30 years. Someone might be two months in in a side hustle, right? But the things that we experience day to day are the same, right? We experience a lot 
of fear. We experience a lot of doubt. We experience frustration and overwhelm. So again, at the end of it all, we're just here to help each other, right? And if, if we can make that easier, that process easier and provide steps for each other and just to you know, take anything complicated out, make it as simple as possible. I think that that's, I mean, that's a winning strategy. Absolutely. There you go. So I'm going to uh, be respectful of your time, but I'm going to ask you two questions. One's going to help me and one's going to help okay. you. Okay. Um, <laughs> the first one is, who's one guest I absolutely have to have on my podcast? Oh, one guest. Uh, Ruth Sukup, who is, she's, I mean, she's an incredible business owner and she has, she had a book out this year and her podcast is, is the same name. It's called Do It Scared. And she's the business of one I really look up to. Okay. If you can make an introduction, that'd be amazing. Of and course. I'll reach out to her and get her on the podcast. Yes. And then what I can do for you is, can you tell our listeners, where's the best place to learn more about you, connect with you and just follow and see what you're doing? Certainly. So if you're interested in you know publicity and media and just getting a good free workshop to kind of understand how it works behind the scenes, you can check out getrockstarpr.com. And just my general website with my, you know, my free weekly confidence injections and videos, uh, you can head to susie-moore.com. Excellent. Hey, thanks so much. I had a great, I had a great time. That was a great conversation. Was <laughs> <laughs> this was so much fun. Thank you so much Jack, for having me. So there you go, listeners. I hope that a lot of the stuff that Susie said connected with you. I followed her for a while. I love what she's doing. I am a paid client. I do subscribe to and have bought some of her training and have really enjoyed it. Uh, so I was so excited to reach out to her and just have her share what she's doing with you. And I can just say that uh, everything that she shared with me and, and the information with her course has been top notch. So I hope that uh, you head over to the show notes. We'll make sure that we transcribe these and we'll have the links to her website and to her PR uh, site as well. So thanks again for tuning in. I look forward to serving you on our next episode. That's all for this episode of Real Marketing Real Fast. Now it's time to take your marketing to the next level by visiting dougmorneau.com and downloading our advanced marketing white papers as well as exclusive resources based on today's episode. That's dougmorneau.com. Until next time, we look forward to serving you right here on Real Marketing Real Fast.